King, you have summoned me. What is it? Take this here vibranium to the Brother Miles as a gift from the people of Wakanda. Go and bring him the vibranium mic. He will use it wisely. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's absolutely nothing. What did you do before you were named a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have there? Ask Professor Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles, and he'll tell you like it really is. You can shackle the hands of black people. You can jail the bodies of black people. But you cannot shackle or jail the minds of black people. Rise up, black man, black woman, and reach to go back to Africa. My father was a Garveyite. Thus, Marcus Garvey can be thought of as my grandfather. But when you say, I've read in... Dr. Ben's book, or I've read in Dr. Ivan Van Sertima's book, or I've read in Professor Maurice Miles Martinez's book, they say, don't speak that information in here. Brothers and sisters, speak your truth to the world. Brother Miles, the black man's truth is here. The Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. History is a clock that people use to tell their political, economic, and cultural time of day. Brother Miles, the relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. Free at last and proud to be black. One day, Miles will be free at last. Welcome to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, the place where black history, hip hop, and spoken word come together. I'm your host, Maurice Miles Martinez, also known as MC Brother Miles. At the end of each podcast, we have an original spoken word poetry or hip hop track by myself. Last week, we dealt with the Sudanese Kingdom of Mali and King Mansa Musa. Now, I want you to understand that the Sudanese kingdoms are not the same as the modern-day nation of Sudan. These kingdoms were called Ghana, Mali, and Songhai, and they were the center of trade and intellectual wealth for about 800 years. As we covered last week, Mansa Musa, who had more than $400 billion in today's wealth, outpaces the amount of money that people like Bill Gates and Elon Musk have. Therefore, we know Mansa Musa today to be the richest man to ever live on the planet. So if we were so wealthy as a people, how did we end up so poor? If we were the wealthiest people on the planet, how come we're not still the wealthiest people? If Mali was an empire that was so crime-free that there were no jails or prisons, why are we in jail today in higher numbers in the United States of America than anywhere else on the planet? There was no need for jails or prisons in most of Africa, and the silent trade in West Africa, in Ghana, Mali, and Songhai explains this. The silent trade involved establishing a point in the empire where gold and salt were traded. Now this was also known as the drum trade, and the reason it was known as the silent trade, or drum trade, is because there was no vocal conversation during this trade. All communication for this trade was conducted via drums. And so what's needed first, before you can leave hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars in today's money worth of gold, just lying out on some land and then retreating back a few miles, communicating via drums that the gold is there, and then allowing another group to go and put salt there, and then retreat back a few miles and play their drums, and then you go and see what they left, 
And if you're happy, you take the salt. If not, the process repeats. And this occurs with no theft, with no thievery, with nothing being stolen. Think about that for a minute. You have a society with no jails, a society that is so trustworthy that you can leave hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gold lying on the street, on the ground, and no one touches it? How is this possible? I studied under a scholar by the name of Dr. Bert Green, whom I mentioned previously, and he told us a story about a person in Mali who lost a valuable item like a diamond ring. Now this item had been lost by the person who owned it, and the king said to go back and put it back on the street and leave it in the same spot where it was found until the person who lost it came back to find it. We also have a primary source from Ibn Battuta saying the thief was unknown in Mali. So here we have a society, and when we look further across the African continent, many societies, almost all societies, which had no jails or prisons. The whole idea of locking up huge numbers of people at a time in society was unknown to African people. The idea of enslavement, chattel enslavement, and mass incarceration was unknown to African people. And Dr. John Henry Clark maintained that there was no word for jail in any African language because no one ever had to go to one. Indeed, we know that the first prisons as large giant forts on the African continent came from Europe to lock up and enslave black people. And it was the Arab and European slave trades that depopulated the African continent and first implemented incarceration for profit. I must say that in my research I found that later language has been added to some African languages to refer to jails in African societies, but this is very similar to words like tribe that have also been translated incorrectly. In other words, there is no word for tribe in any African language. People call themselves by their nation like I am Yoruba or I am Igbo or I am Ashanti, the same way people in America say I am American or people in France say I am French. Similarly, there is no word for jails in most African languages. Instead, prisons became the instrument of capital, of money on the African continent. We're going to pause briefly for a public service announcement and I will be right back to discuss more about this topic. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. As I was explaining, there was no word for jails in most traditional pre-colonial African languages, and there were no giant fort-like prisons. There were other giant buildings like the Great Pyramid of Egypt that contained as much stone as 30 Empire State Buildings or the Great Enclosure in Zimbabwe, but no prisons, and the first prisons were introduced into Africa by Europeans as giant forts to enslave black people. And more recently, modern prisons have been introduced into Africa. When we look at African societies today, they have the lowest incarceration rates in the world. And this is regardless of wealth of that society. Most African nations have fewer than 100 people in jail per 100,000 people. And some have as few as 30 people per 100,000 citizens. While not quite as low, lower incarceration rates are also found in African Caribbean societies that are dominated by the descendants of Africans. They have lower incarceration rates than the United 
United States of America regardless of wealth, but the United States of America, we have about 2,300 black people per 100,000 locked away and among black men, it's almost double that number. In the last decade, close to 700 citizens of the United States per 100,000 in the general population have been locked up. Now, most people think this has to do with crime rates. America's incarceration rates have gone up it has quintupled over the past few decades, even when crime rates have gone down. It has nothing to do with crime and everything to do with money. In fact, this is a business and prison stocks are traded on Wall Street, which are dependent on locking away more people. The prison companies get paid per bed for locking up your children, for locking up your sons, for locking up your cousins and nephews. The concept of locking away black people is a Eurocentric concept and there's a better way to do things. Africans maintain crime-free societies by having a double check on behavior. Not only were you responsible to your family, but you were also responsible to an age grade or age set system. And these age grades kept you responsible to people in your age category who understood the role that you had in society. Now, if you think having roles is bad, no one ever questions when the son or daughter of a politician in America graduates from college and is given a role by getting a job making half a million or a million dollars a year. No one ever questions the son of a construction company owner who gets a job right out of high school as a foreman. Therefore, if people were given a role and you couple this with a check on behavior, you would prevent crime before it happens. If we were able to implement some of the African ways in our society, we wouldn't need jails or prisons on a mass level. This massive undertaking requires reallocation of resources away from the criminal justice system. Now, if this sounds drastic to you and you're saying right now, what are we going to do with all the criminals when they commit crime? What I'm saying to you is take a close look at the historical record. In 1787, the founding fathers of the United States debated the issue of slavery. At this time, the Free African Society, a group of free black men and European-American Quakers, both petitioned the Congress as they met to end slavery, and their idea to end slavery wasn't even considered by the Founding Fathers. They didn't even consider the humanity of the African. Instead, they enshrined the three-fifths compromise right into Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution. So if they didn't consider the humanity of Africans... What would you call that? I'll let you come up with the term. So in the early 1800s, it was very radical to be an abolitionist against slavery, but slavery came to an end. Now, take a look at the Civil Rights Movement. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, it was very radical to end legal segregation, but today it's accepted. Fast forward to 2016 or 2017. Black Lives Matter's protesters were put down in many areas of American society. And today in 2021, corporations have begun to conduct seminars on how racism has impacted black and brown people in America. So the idea that I'm presenting to you today might seem like a strange idea. You might be saying to yourself, how could that be done? Where are we going to put the bad people when they take our things? Where are we going to lock them up when they take my iPhone or smart TV? There's a history of prisons in Europe. However, in Africa, the prison originated as a way to enslave black people and steal resources from Africa as the slave fort on the coast, and it evolved as a way to keep wealth away from poor black people. Today, the same smartphone and TV is made from coltan like vibranium in the Black Panther movie. It powers our electronic devices. I discussed this at length in my book, The Real Vibranium of Africa. And so this system of mass incarceration that has locked up our young black men in this society is designed to keep those resources out of our hands, and it should be abolished. If we implement the right cross-check on behavior with an age 
wage grade system, family responsibility, and roles for people to move into, we won't need to have any prisons on a mass level. The science of behavioral psychology shows that you can extinguish a negative behavior and reinforce positive behaviors. As a society with the right resources, we can create a low crime society where there's little need for jails or prisons. If you think having fewer prisons can't be done, it has already been done in Africa throughout history. We conclude the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast with an original spoken word track by myself, MC Brother Miles. When I think of African history, I think of a time when there was no crime, a time when there was no criminal justice system, a time on the African continent when there was no word for jail, no word for prison, no word for prison. Yes, because within African systems, no one needed to go to one. Listen up, listen. Before, before, before slavery, before European colonialism, we were more focused on invention, economics, and scientific systems. We did surgery on the eye to remove cataracts 700 years ago in crime-free Mali's Timbuktu and used antiseptics for hundreds of years before the present in Central Africa to perform cesarean sections without infection too. And in Mali, we charted a star system near Sirius B in the mix that was not discovered by America until the Einstein orbiting satellite observed it in 1996. We smelted carbon steel 2,000 years ago, unknown in Europe or America, until the 1850s became complicit. In Nigeria's Benin Empire, we built a wall 10,000 miles long that still stands today in the mix. And Mansa Musa spent so much money on a trip that he created inflation for 12 years in Egypt. How did this backward system of criminal justice nix the real Wakandas of Africa, now locked away with depravities fix? And with this rift, millions of black people enslaved in the United States in 1860, millions of black people enslaved in the United States prisons, parole, or probation in 2021. With the weight of a bullet or a choke or a knee on our necks, we need no word for prison. We need some economic respect. And respect will come when we abolish the jails. We need no word for prison. We need no word for jail. We need no word for gat, strap, gun, or fail. We need no word for crime. Because in Africa's minds, people are human. And even to this day, when you look at African nations, in most fewer than 100 and 100,000 are incarcerated. Now compare that to the United States, 2,300 Africans in prisons. 2,300 per 100,000 in America's prisons, and you'll see that this is slavery system. So how did we do it in Africa with their system's wisdom? How did they manage to have no prison? We created an age-grade social system where everyone in your age grade was a check on errant behaviors condition.
We created an extended family that further checked your behavior. And for labor, we created a role in society for you to fulfill. There was no need to send someone to jail because the will of the people was heard. They controlled the economy of their own communities and nations and created business structures that were full of elation. How do we do this today? Fund education. How do we do this today? Fund black businesses and banks. How do we do this today? Reparations. How do we do this today? Rites of passage programs for children and in your family. Have a black history lesson of the day every day with your children. How do we do this today? Call in social services, not the police. And in the black community. We will finally be free. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. When you have a chance, please pick a copy of my books up from Amazon. The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark versus Herman Cain. The Great Wall of Africa, the Empire of Benin's 10,000 mile long wall. And... The Real Vibranium of Africa by Maurice Miles Martinez. Please feel free to contact me at MauriceMilesMartinez at gmail.com. That's MauriceMilesMartinez, all one word, at gmail.com. Or connect with me on LinkedIn. Please tune in next Saturday for another episode of the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. I will speak with you then. Thank you again for listening. The Real Wakandas of Africa is now available on all major platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please share this with your friends and family and ask them to subscribe to the podcast so that they can get weekly updates when the podcast is released.